This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast from Liverpool Echo. It's Friday and I'm Joe Rimmer and here to discuss a big game for Liverpool this weekend against Chelsea. Joining me are two fine gentlemen and I'm delighted to say it is our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, James Pearce. How are you, James? Not too bad, Joe. Yourself? I'm good, thank you. And alongside us both is the tall man, Paul Ghost. How are you, Paul? Hello, Joe. Yeah, not bad. You guys? Good, good to see you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Looking forward to the Legends match tonight? <laughs> yeah, it should be good, yeah. yeah. Um... For a great cause, obviously, and um, I always like these these matches. They're always always fun to see, like former stars having a go, aren't they? And um, yeah, sh- should be a good one at TV. Yeah, they're they're good fun, aren't they? So um, we'll touch upon that later on. First, we'll start with you, James, because uh, you were at Jurgen Klopp's press conference today. Um, it was an interesting one, wasn't it? There was quite a few different topics covered. Uh, what did the Reds boss have to say? Yeah, there was plenty covered. Um, it, you know, sadly, obviously, he, once again, he was being asked about. Um, you know, derogatory comments and and racism rearing its ugly head again. Obviously, with the the footage that was on social media on on Thursday evening of a was it a handful of Chelsea fans in mm-hmm. in Prague, you know, a horrible abuse being directed at Mo Salah. Um, so I thought Klopp spoke very well on that. You know, on the back of what was a very strongly worded statement from Liverpool the previous evening, Klopp branding it disgusting yeah. and you know how sad it is in this day and age that you know we're still talking about things like this and and said that you know they've got no place in the football community and and you know as far as he's concerned anyone involved in anything like that should just get a life ban from for more grounds and I don't think any any decent human being would uh, would disagree with the Liverpool manager on that one yeah I, look I don't I don't want to dwell too long on this because I don't think the idiots who do these sorts of things deserve deserve us to talk about them for that long but Gus it does feel like we've talked about this so many times this season it feels like a problem that it, it should be consigned to the past to the yeah. the long it should be long history but we seem to keep coming back to it keep talking about it is this is it a bigger problem than perhaps we like to we like to believe in English football I don't know really I think it, it's it's easier for it to become into the public domain now isn't it with the social media and so on but what we're specifically referencing is like the actions of, of three morons who just, you know, got a load of ale down and presumably and ended up, you know, just recording the video. And that just spreads right across social media to the point where Liverpool and Chelsea are putting out stronger yeah. statements. Good statements. And, yeah, very good statements. Um, very strong stuff. Um, completely agree with both of them. Liverpool slamming it as unadulterated bigotry, which I thought was, was spot on. Exactly what it is. Um, and it's... It it is the actions of the, the minority, the idiotic minority, and it's a shame that we're even still having to, to discuss these type of issues in 2019 because, as you say, it should be consigned to a, to a forgotten era. But, yeah, um, it's just a real shame that the, the actions of the minority have once again brought it all to, to light. James, I thought it was interesting what Klopp said, saying this isn't a Liverpool or a Chelsea problem, this is something more than that. Because... it. it it's not fair to say Chelsea fans are racist. It, these are just a few idiots, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. It's but I think he was spot on as well when he said, you know, it, it's a very small minority, but it's important that that people, you know, the the vast majority mm. who are decent speak up. Yeah. Uh, to to make sure that it, that, it, that it is abundantly clear how unacceptable it is, and that you know, it, it's 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 just horrible, isn't it? That it's still it's still happening in, in this in this day and age. I know Chelsea. 
you know, credit to them. At least they've been proactive in yeah. terms of, you know, I think they've already identified three of them, still trying to identify the other three. You know, they vowed to ban them. They got them going in the ground, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, just, you know, and obviously with, you know, with the two clubs meeting at Anfield on on Sunday, you know, we should, we should it's just sad, isn't it? It's, that it, it's even part of the build-up because, uh, you know, it's such a, a massive game for both clubs. We should be talking about, you know, uh, what, what's potentially going to happen on the field, not, you know, a handful of idiots behaving disgracefully in a pub before a game. Okay, something else uh, the Reds boss was, was asked about on several occasions in his press conference was uh, that game back in 2014. <laughs> um, you can't escape it really, can you, James? It, it is a day which uh, any Liverpool supporter who was there or was watching, we won't forget them. We won't forget it, will we? It, it, was, it was a horrible day to be a Liverpool fan. Um do you think that it's Klopp insists it's not? But do you think it, <laughs> do you think it is in some players thinking it has to be? Doesn't it? I think it's definitely in probably the, more the fans' minds. I think than the players. Mm. I think um, Klopp was funny because every time he was kind of asked about it, he he just seemed kind of like baffled, as if like, yeah. you know why, what relevance would a game five years ago have to this one? You know, at one point, you know, he kind of said, well, you know, "Who who exactly was involved?" And you know, obviously. Not, you know, Jordan Henderson was suspended for that game. You know, he was the only one. More Mignolet played when they, you know, obviously not going to be involved on Sunday. I think Sturridge came off the bench. I don't think he was fully fit at the time, mm-hmm. was he? And um, so the whole the whole club has changed so much since then. You can kind of understand where Klopp's coming from. I think it's not going to it's not going to be one of those things that gets talked about in the dressing room because no, Klopp's not. right in a way. But for fans, of, of course, like you know, the first thing. You know, there's been so many big games recently that it's probably only since Tuesday night really thought about Chelsea. But you know, you you can't help but want your mind wanders back because there are a lot of parallels in terms of you know it was slightly later on in the season, but mm-hmm. only only just you know what was that late April? Um, it was the last time Liverpool were going for the title, um, and and Chelsea you know wrecked absolutely you know gate crashed the party that day, didn't they? And um, um, but yeah, I think Klopp's right when you know I, I quite like the fact that he. He said, you know, why, why would we even, he said, you know, why would I even feel the need to bring that up or talk about it? Because for, for a start, it's a negative and it's a negative not attached to the, this group of players. Um, you know, and I think he'd point to the fact that, you know, this is a Liverpool team that went to the Champions League final and then responded so, so positively to the heartbreak of that to put together this challenge that, um, you know, the way they've responded to that is probably more relevant than than anything that happened five years ago. Do you think, of course, it's, it's almost, it could almost be a good thing for Liverpool in the sense that I think back to 2014 and I and a lot of other people thought that Liverpool's name was on that title. I, th- I think a lot of people were convinced by the time Chelsea came to Anfield it was going to be a procession, it was going to be another Liverpool win and there were three games from greatness. But that game will stick in so many supporters' minds that it means that people aren't getting carried away. They know that's so much hard work to be done. Uh, do, do you think, in a way, it, it could be a, a weird reminder that there's still plenty of, uh, there's still a big job to do? Hopefully so, yeah. I mean, it's the, the parallels are, are very similar, aren't they? It's, it's a game in April, Taran Field, Chelsea arrive as the underdogs, Liverpool. A lot of fans are, are thinking that they, they could win the title, and so many, so many similarities. So hopefully, maybe there will be lessons learned from that day where. People just turned up, and, and Jose Mourinho even described it as a circus. And you, you might, it was kind of like a bit of a festival atmosphere, a bit of a carnival atmosphere in Anfield that day. And 
Um, Sorry to interject, but if you think back, Liverpool could have just drawn that game that day. Yeah. And they almost convinced themselves that they needed to win and, <laughs> and it, it backfired, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, Liverpool approached it the way they had done for, for every other game and just went hell for leather, didn't he? And come unstuck. Um, you know, we, you can talk about, you know, Steven Gerrard slipping and how how wide the centre-backs were and Gerrard was the deepest and he didn't really need to be because Liverpool just needed a draw. But, you know, that that's all five years down the line. And I agree with Klopp. It was 18 months before he even arrived as manager. And, um, I don't think it'll be an issue for the players, but, yeah, hopefully the fans maybe have... We'll take a take a, a little lesson from that when he had to Anfield on Sunday afternoon. Kiev was disappointing. So was Basel. <laughs> so was the FA Cup final against Chelsea in 2012, Athens. But was that for you, James? Or I know it certainly was for me the most disappointing Liverpool game in recent memory. Yeah, probably the most disappointing that I've felt after a game probably yeah. since probably since Michael Thomas scored for Arsenal. Really? Probably. Yeah, I remember watching that one. Mm. Um, How old did you been then? I would have been 11. 11. Um, so you think the world's it's ended when something like that <laughs> yeah. happens when you're 11. Definitely. Um, yeah, I remember thinking that they, Liverpool would never play another game of football ever again. After <laughs> the, um, but yeah, it was, I, th- I think, and, and you know, I think everyone that day just got caught up in the atmosphere. Didn't they? Mm. I think it was, it just seemed to be so much emotion attached to that title challenge in 2013-14 where for a start it came out of nowhere. It wasn't like yeah. this season where... You know, from August, September, you're thinking, wow, this is this is the real deal. This Liverpool could have actually got a chance and they've always been in the mix. 2013-14, I remember, I think Liverpool lost at Hull, didn't they? Like January time. Yeah, or something. Yeah, and yeah. I remember, remember it was the, the window was still open and there were some moans and groans about lack of business. And I remember like we were doing pieces on, you know, are Liverpool even good enough to get in the top four? And then yeah. suddenly February came along and they just clicked into gear. Um but they had one way of playing, didn't they? Which yeah. was absolutely foot to the floor. Amazing to watch. But they were winning games. What, they win 6-3 at Cardiff God, or something? Yeah, yeah. Like, were cr- the like, Stoke game, do you remember that one? Where storage came out? Yeah, 5-2. Yeah. yeah, and there was, you know, three twos here and there. And, you know, it was... You know, I, I was looking yesterday, actually, for a piece I was doing. And, you know, even during that 11-game winning run, still leaked, I think, 15 or 16 goals in those games. <laughs> it's absolutely like, Liverpool nearly won the title. They conceded 50 league goals that, <laughs> that season. Just when put you, that in context. They've conceded 20 this yeah, season? 20 yeah, this 20. season. So they, they, kept, they only kept 10 clean sheets all season, which I think was like 11th or 12th yeah. best in the division. Um, so I've, I've never liked the idea, the, the revisionist idea that Brendan Rodgers got his tactics wrong or anything and he should have mm. shut up shop or that because I think I think Liverpool Liverpool just had that one way of playing yeah. and I think he felt like they didn't have it in their locker to go and grind out a result. But I think with the benefit of hindsight, players and supporters got very much caught up in the atmosphere that day. I remember, you know, do you remember like it was only like probably five or ten minutes in, like Flanagan and Gerard wrestling the ball off yeah. Mourinho and went out six for a throw in. And, was it I was reading a piece on it before, a good piece of the yeah. independent by uh, Miguel Delaney. Yeah. And and it was six minutes in. Yeah. I always um, remember one of the things down in front of me while I was sat in the press box was Branislav Ivanovic undoing his shoelace to then do it back up again. Yeah, after yeah. about, that was about two or three minutes yeah, in. Yeah. And, and like the fan, everyone around us was going absolutely ballistic. And of course, it's, at the time, I didn't, I must admit, you kind of get caught up in it yourself, but it's only in benefit of hindsight. You go, well, Liverpool should have been laughing at that. Fans yeah. been, because nil nil, absolutely no problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Liverpool needed seven points from three games to be crowned champions. So um yeah, that that's why I just think this team 
that, that they look when when Klopp, you know, it's not just the personnel that's different. Mm. I think it's the whole mentality of yeah. the of this team and you know, they've shoved, you know, defensively is obviously the, the biggest difference when you yeah. look at the stats, but also the way this team have found different ways to win and ways to grind out results and yeah. and dig dug themselves out of holes and you know, it's it's just a very, very different feel to, to five years ago. Yeah. Gorsi, what, what was the most disappointing memory? Would that be it? Or is there something else that sticks um, in the mind? Do you know what? I, the second half in, in Basel was a tough one, just because Liverpool were so close to getting back into the Champions League and winning a European trophy after going so close with the, with the League Cup a few few months earlier, and then they just capitulated in the yeah. second half. Um, that, was a, that was a tough one. Um Kiev was tough to take because of the horrendous goalkeeper mistakes. In terms of league games, the Chelsea one is definitely the one, isn't it? Do you remember they got beat 4-0 at Old Trafford once in like 2003? I think I threw a few things then. <laughs> that was a disappointing one. Hippier got sent off early yes, doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was pretty horrible. I think it was just the whole... I mean, the whole script was just so yeah. horrifically cruel, wasn't it? The fact that, you know, that all the talk had been... You know that finally Steven Gerrard, at the back end of his career, is going to win the one that had, that he'd been craving yeah. for all that time, and and then to, you know for, for it for that to happen to him, you know, it just it just that that just you know kind of made it even worse as far as I was concerned. The fact yeah. that of all the people to to be the you know to, you know no one you wouldn't want wish that on your worst enemy to have a no. moment like that but you know i remember i'm pretty sure there was a few rival fans wish, wishing that on him <laughs> yeah, yeah but the um some in this office yeah, yeah. it was because okay, it was the echo sports personality of the year awards the following yeah. night and yeah. steven gerrard was supposed to be he'd won it yeah. and was coming to collect it and i remember he he, he rang the, the following morning and you know you could barely make out it was him yeah. on the phone because yeah. he, you know he was absolutely in bits and just said can you please pass on my apologies you know, I, I can't come. I just need to get out the get out of the country, yeah. basically. Yeah. And yeah, to see a fella that had done so much for the club, yeah. you know, reduced to to that was yeah, it was just horrible. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, well, we've ruined everyone's Friday. We have, which yeah. is nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, to keep the the negative theme going, Liverpool haven't won in five games against uh, Anfield against Chelsea. Eight altogether. In Eight, all comps. sorry, in all comps yeah. since twenty twelve. So um, and even that one didn't really count because it was three days after, <laughs> after the, the FA, FA Cup, Cup final, and yeah. che- like Chelsea yeah. have been celebrating constantly. Yeah. So yeah, uh, so John Joe Shelby scored the world. He doesn't. We all remember that. So that is Friday completely. Ruined. <laughs> um, Gorsi, do they have any hope at this on Sunday? <laughs> should they turn up? Ian Doyle really? should be hosting this podcast. He'd love it, wouldn't he? Wait, Real Madrid are going to sign yeah. Sadio Mane. Everyone, <laughs> Liverpool fans want him out. <laughs> now right. Liverpool go into this one. Um, the, the the better team uh, Chelsea Liverpool have had the benefit of playing on Tuesday night in Chelsea at home and Chelsea have played in Prague on, on Thursday um, I remember seeing a stat a few weeks ago I think it read Chelsea hadn't won in five games on yeah. after Europa League games um, and this would probably be the, the toughest one of them all for them wouldn't it so plenty of th- reasons to be positive for Liverpool um, Eden Hazard played half an hour than yeah. uh, last night he's he's the big the big worry the big danger always seems to turn up against Liverpool but other than that it's a very ordinary Chelsea team it's, it's one of the worst that they've had for 15 years so I don't think it'll be famous last words I, I think Liverpool will will just win the game quite comfortably 
Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I hope you're right. Um, you, you touched on him there. Eden Hazard, James, by far and away, Chelsea's best player, one of the best players in the Premier League in the world. Um, he, he has a thing for scoring against Liverpool, doesn't he? How do Liverpool go about stopping him? Is it is it just a case of play your own game or do, do they have to have a special plan, if you like, to stop him? No, I, I think you've got to have some kind of special plan for him because I think he, especially at the moment, you know, he's he's operating at a level where you know, he's, he's not just a talented attacker who could hurt you. I think if you give him any kind of space to operate and he will, he will hurt you. I think, you know, I don't know whether he's, playing for that big money move to Real Madrid at the moment mm. or what I don't know but he seems to have clicked into gear he was unbelievable against West yeah. Ham um, and he's got the winner at Anfield once already this season in the league yeah. in the league cup yeah, was it was back in September unbelievable goal as well, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah I think it's I think it's about denying him space I think that's the that, that's the big thing I, you know, I know Klopp's not one for you know doing man to man jobs or anything no. like that but he'll he'll know you know he only had to hear him, you know, eulogising about Hazard today, you know, described him as on his day best player in the world, you know, mm-hmm. when he when he performs to the the absolute level he's capable of. Um so yeah, there is they're a strange team, Chelsea. I've seen them sometimes this season and they've looked absolutely terrible. I saw the second like, half at Goodison, they looked absolutely yeah. dreadful. Yeah. But in the first half they were all right. So first half I think away you know and obviously they were really lucky to come back mm-hmm. and beat Cardiff the other week. I think what and like just the number of games I've seen, especially away from home, where they've created absolutely yeah. next to nothing in terms of the... Um, and I, I agree with Gorsi. I think for all the talk about... This is definitely, obviously, Liverpool's toughest game they've got left. But I do think the Europa League thing definitely plays into Liverpool's hands. And I know, and I know he made what, seven changes, yeah. but still got the travel and just, you know, it's, it's not... The, your preparation is wrecked, really. You know, Liverpool found that when they were in the Europa League. It's, it's far from ideal. When you think of, you know, Klopp basically about, you know, a day's re- recovery with all of his players on Wednesday, Thursday, effectively starting to to properly plan for Chelsea. Well, Chelsea, are, you know, have got another game between then and mm-hmm. even thinking about Liverpool. So, and I just think with the the intensity that Liverpool are capable of playing at. And we've seen how strongly Liverpool have finished games. Um, I, I just think they have too much for Chelsea. They are a strange side, aren't they, Chelsea? Gusty? I mean, they, they are a side that seems to have struggled for an identity under Maurizio Sarri. Yeah. Um, I think they're at a bit of a crossroads. I think they need significant investments at a time where Roman Abramovich doesn't really seem to be to be up for handing over the rubles. So... It's a tough one for them. They need a striker. I'm not sure whether Higuain's got a, a deal to, to stay there beyond his loan deal, but I'm not even sure he's the answer for them. He's not really done it that much, has he? I mean, he scored a couple of goals yeah. against Huddersfield, he's, but he's, James would get a James would get a hat trick <laughs> against Huddersfield. He's, uh, I think he's, he's probably too similar to Olivier, Olivier Giroud, who I actually quite rate, but I think they need someone who's maybe a little bit more mobile, um, can play across the front maybe. Mm. Um, and if Eden Hazard does go to, to Real Madrid this summer, then I think it's a long way back for them in terms of you know, really pushing for Premier League titles. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but let's think, Liverpool could be playing to go clear at the top of the table on, on Sunday afternoon, couldn't they, James? Yeah, I think, I think you know, and that I was thinking about that in terms of, can you imagine what that would just add to the to the atmosphere mm-hmm. as well if if City don't win at Selhurst Park, which, you know, I, I don't think, you know, I, I think City are now in that run of games where I don't think they've got any gimmies no. com- coming up. Um you know, Palace have turned them over once already this season. You know, the only thing is you, you think Palace are pretty much safe and haven't actually 
They've actually haven't been that great, have they, at home this season? Palace, relatively mm. to... Still guaranteed the, three penalties or whatever they get every game, <laughs> aren't they? The, um, but yeah, I th- I, it's going to be interesting to see how City do respond because obviously, you know, Liverpool, midweek-wise, certainly of the two of them, you know, Liverpool kept the momentum going, loads of positives, despite not, you know, you felt that they were playing within themselves in the Champions League quarter-final, which, you know, seems almost strange to say, really. It was so low-key, you know, and then you had, you know, the... Cater the injection of confidence for him. Mm-hmm. Same with Henderson kicking on. You know, Lovren getting a game. Robertson, Matip, Wijnaldum mm-hmm. all getting the night off. Um, just so many, so many positives that just you know just keeps it all rolling. And then in contrast, City, you know, missing a penalty, getting beat. You know, just you know, and yeah, it, it was you know certainly it's been a much better week going into the weekend for Liverpool than it has for. As for Man City, and if if City do stumble, then yeah, a little smile appear in your face, yeah. <laughs> yeah. right yeah. smile. Yeah. <laughs> then yeah, Anfield's going to be one special place to be at twenty five past four. Even if City don't stumble, Paul, if Liverpool get out of this this Chelsea game with a win, what will that do to City? Because if you're a City player fan, if you're on the management team, they'd have been looking at these three games that Liverpool would have had: Tottenham, Southampton, Chelsea, and they'd have been saying. Surely Liverpool have got to drop points there. They've got the Champions League in between. They'd have been looking at those three games going, Liverpool's last however many fixtures, they are the, the three crucial games. So if Liverpool can come out with a win, it's massive, isn't it? It is, and it's it's similar on the flip side. Liverpool fans are looking at City's games now where they've got four in, in 10 days. Mm-hmm. Um, Palace, two against Tottenham and then Manchester United. So if Liverpool beat Chelsea on Sunday, maybe it's just... City, the city squad are looking at and thinking, oh, we've got to dig deep again next week. Yeah. You know, when, when we, we play Tottenham and then play United, so it just keeps them. I, I don't know really. Maybe it's a psychological thing more than an actual um, thing with where, where they're going into games um, and, and they have to perform. But it just it'll show them that Liverpool aren't going away. And as we're into the final what, month of the final month now, um, it, it, I think it'll just kind of keep them. Maybe a little bit worried. Maybe a little bit of doubt creeping in there that Liverpool have actually got what it takes after all. Mm. All right, James. Injury wise, how are we looking for the the weekend? Uh, yeah, I think you know, I think that's another reason for for optimism is the fact that you know that the bench is so so strong at the mm-hmm. moment, isn't it? and he, you know, he's and he's got he's got real options. You know, you look at you know, for a long time he was almost having to muddle through with two centre halves and. You know, a period where he's having to play Fabinho out of position. Now he's got four fit centre halves. You know, it's been a long time since yeah, he could yeah. say that. And then, you know, suddenly in midfield now, I think really difficult for you know, to, I think to try and second guess the three you'll go with in midfield on Sunday is, is tricky because, you know, you know, I thought he likes one out of the big games. Yeah, yeah, but then, but then considering how well the midfield functioned the other night, who, who makes way? Um, it's yeah, it's a but that, you know that that's that's another thing, and then I, I wonder whether that whether tied into that is obviously we Klopp's spoken many times this season about changing the approach a bit and not being you know it, you know it hasn't been that the heavy metal football of his first couple of years at the club. It, it's been more about <coughs> controlling games and defensive solidity, and and there have been you know especially when you think back to Gorsty mentioned. Basel in the final there and what mm-hmm. happened in the second half and you know that the lack of legs and Liverpool just having nothing left during the running and you just wonder whether that kind of 
you know, that kind of slightly more pragmatic approach this season, you know, is going to really help Liverpool during this last month or so because, um, you know, where where other squads are, are looking pretty threadbare. You know, you look at the injuries that, that Spurs have have suffered. You know, the, you know, Klopp's strong squad now is probably looking arguably as strong as as it has done all season, and that's a that's a hell of a position to be in in mid April. Well, that creates problems of its own when you're trying to pick a team. So let's try and do it. Obviously, Allison's in goal. Gorsi, Robertson back at left back. Yeah. Who are your two centre halves? Oh, um, I thought Lavren did well actually on his, on his first half for over four months. Was it um, the other night? Mm. But I think I think it was harsh to drop Matt about. Um, I've been quite critical of him early earlier in the season, particularly against West Ham and Leicester. But I think I'd, I'd put him in actually alongside Van Dijk. Yeah, I would do. I think he just played a bit more football recently, yeah. James. Yeah, I, I think it's quite a tight call, but I agree. I don't think Matip. If you're picking on form, I think. I think Matip wasn't left out the other night. Yeah, for anything he'd done wrong, I think just to get some minutes. For, yeah, I just yeah. think it made sense to give him a breather and give Lovren the minutes. Um, it says a lot about the luxury you've got in the squad, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. The Champions League quarterfinal, uh, you, yeah, yeah. you're giving someone minutes. Yeah. Well, the reality is that, that game against Porto wasn't Liverpool's biggest game of the no, week. Was no. it? You know, the, as as crazy as that sounds, when you think it was only well, they're only only their second Champions League quarterfinal in a decade. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'd. I'd go with Matip, I think, alongside Van Dijk. Okay, Trent, right back. Yeah. Yep. No complaints there. So how do we make up that midfield then? Do we... You getting Genie Wijnaldum back in there? And if so, who's making way? James, start with you. It's, do you know what? It's a real tricky one. I think... It's just whether Wijnaldum is 100%, because he, yeah. he had this back issue. Yeah. Um, and he... 100%, I think he'd looked fatigued of late. So it's just it's just difficult, you know. If if it's Genie Wijnaldum firing all cylinders, and I think you want him in that side. If if it's Genie Wijnaldum who's barely trained this week and is and is trying to make the best of it with a with a back issue, then I wouldn't I wouldn't change it. I'd I'd be tempted to stick with that with that same midfield for midweek. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would be too, Gorsi. But, uh, well, we had a piece then we on our site today where a few of us picked our what would constitute your first choice midfield. Didn't read it. No. Did you? Thanks for your stuff. Yeah, <laughs> um, and at my, my first choice midfield was Wayne Aldum, Fabinho, and Henderson. But you know, a day on from writing that, I'm going to fly in the face of it. And I'm gonna, <laughs> That's I'm why gonna, we don't read. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even mean it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stick with the, the midfield that started against Porto because I think I just I thought Naby Keita was excellent. I thought Henderson was man of the match, and then more box to box role, and then Fabinho was just. First name on the on the midfield uh, team sheet at the moment. My only little worry with that midfield is that Cater doesn't do much tracking backwards, does he? And if you you have got Hazard there, yeah, that might be the one time yeah. you think, well, Wayne Aldam and Henderson would would make you a little bit more solid. Yeah, but that would be perhaps maybe looking at Chelsea too much. Cater has been good recently, so yeah, we'll keep we'll keep that midfield three, and then your front three is your front three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I easy. Don't, don't think there's any. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any arguments yep. there? Okay, all right. Well, let's um, let's make some predictions then. Gorsi, you sounded pretty positive before. I did. Um, changed well, his mind since. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've read today that you know Mark Lawrenson does these predictions and he never ever predicts Liverpool to lose. Yeah. He's predicted Liverpool to go 110 Premier League games unbeaten um, throughout the course. And I think I'm reaching similar levels and I'm, I'm going to carry well, it on. That, with James it. is probably 220. <laughs> I'm going to go for a 2 0 win. 2 0 win. James? 2 uh, 1. I think I think it'll be I think it'll be another tight one, but yeah, I can see Liverpool 
again, like finishing strong, one each and then getting a winner, 10-15 to go. Do you know what? I'm almost exactly the same as James there. I, I think I just fancy Hazard to have some sort of say, um, a little scare. Um, but you've got to have faith in this Liverpool side, haven't you, at the moment? They've yeah, proven themselves yeah. time and again. So, all right, well, I hope that's a positive end to what <laughs> might have been so deemed as a little bit of a negative podcast. You've had loads from us this week, so we are ending this one here. Um, thanks for listening, and hopefully we'll be back on Monday talking about Liverpool being perhaps a few points clear in the Premier League title race. See you then. Ta-ra. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.